Hello and welcome back to Read Along with Anushka. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who's reading with me. Today let's move on to chapter 4, Invitations. In my dream, it was very dark and what dim light there was seemed to be radiating from Edward's skin. I could not see his face, just his back as he walked away from me, leaving me in the blackness. No matter how fast I ran, I could not catch up to him. No matter how loud I called, he never returned. Troubled, I woke in the middle of the night and could not sleep again for what seemed like a very long time. After that, he was in my dreams nearly every night, but always on the periphery, never within reach. The month that followed the accident was uneasy, tense, and at first embarrassing. To my dismay, I found myself the center of attention for the rest of that week. Tyler Crowley was impossible, following me around obsessed with making amends to me somehow. I tried to convince him what I wanted more than anything else was for him to forget all about it, especially since nothing had actually happened to me. But he remained insistent. He followed me between classes and sat at our now crowded lunch table. Mike and Eric were even less friendly toward him than they were to each other which made me worry that i had gained yet another unwelcome fan no one seemed concerned about edward though i explained over and over that he was the hero how he had pulled me out of the way and had nearly been crushed too i tried to be convincing jessica mike eric and everyone else always commented that they had not even seen him there till the van was pulled away i wondered to myself why no one else had seen him standing so far away before he was suddenly impossibly saving my life with chagrin i realized the problem cause no one else was as aware of edward as i always was no one else watched him the way i did how pitiful edward was never surrounded by crowds of curious bystanders eager for his first hand account people avoided him as usual the cullens and the hales sat at the same table as always not eating talking only among themselves None of them, especially Edward, glanced my way anymore. When he sat next to me in class, as far from me as the table would allow, he seemed totally unaware of my presence. Only now and then, when his fists would suddenly ball up, skin stretched even whiter over the bones, did I wonder if he was not quite as oblivious as he appeared. He wished he had not pulled me from the path of Tyler's van. There was no other conclusions I could come to. I wanted very much to talk to him and the day after the accident I tried. The last time I had seen him outside the ER we had both been so furious. I still was angry that he would not trust me with the truth even though I was keeping my part of the bargain flawlessly. But he had in fact saved my life no matter how he had done it and overnight the heat of my anger faded into odd gratitude. He was already seated when I got to biology, looking straight ahead. I sat down, expecting him to turn toward me. He showed no sign that he realized I was there. "Hello, Edward," I said pleasantly, to show him I was going to behave myself. He turned his head a fraction toward me without meeting my gaze, nodded once, and then looked the other way. And that was the last contact I had had with him, though he was there, a foot away from me, every day. I watched him sometimes unable to stop myself from a distance though in the cafeteria or parking lot I watched as his golden eyes grew perceptibly darker day by day 
but in class I gave no more notice that he existed than he showed toward me. I was miserable, and the dreams continued. Despite my outright lies, the tenor of my emails alerted Rene to my depression, and she called a few times, worried. I tried to convince her it was just the weather that had me down. Mike at least was pleased by the obvious coolness between me and my lab partner. I could see he had been worried that Edward's daring rescue might have impressed me, and he was relieved that it seemed to have the opposite effect. He grew more confident, sitting on the edge of my table to talk before biology class started, ignoring Edward as completely as he ignored us. The snow washed away for good after that one dangerously icy day. Mike was disappointed he had never gotten to stage his snowball fight, but pleased that the beach trip would soon be possible. The rain continued heavily, though, and the weeks passed. Jessica made me aware of another event looming on the horizon. She called the first Tuesday of March to ask my permission to invite Mike to the Girls' Choice Spring Dance in two weeks. Are you sure you don't mind? You were not planning to ask him? She persisted when I told her I did not mind in the least. No, Jess, I'm not going, I assured her. Dancing was glaringly outside my range of abilities. It will be really fun. Her attempt to convince me was half-hearted. I suspected that, that Jessica enjoyed my inexplicable popularity more than my actual company. You have fun with Mike, I encouraged. The next day, I was surprised that Jessica was not her usual gushing self in trig and Spanish. She was silent as she walked by my side between classes, and I was afraid to ask her why. If Mike had turned her down, I was the last person she would want to tell. My fears were strengthened during lunch when Jessica sat as far from Mike as possible, chatting animatedly with Eric. Mike was unusually quiet. Mike was still quiet as he walked me to class, the uncomfortable look on his face, a bad sign. But he did not broach the subject until I was in my seat and he was perched on my desk. As always, I was electrically aware of Edward sitting close enough to touch, as distant as if he were merely an, an invention of my imagination. So, Mike said, looking at the floor, Jessica asked me to the spring dance. That's great. I made my voice bright and enthusiastic. You'll have a lot of fun with Jessica. Well, he floundered as he examined my siren, clearly not happy with my response. I told her I had to think about it. Why would you do that? I let disapproval color my tone though I was relieved he had not given her an absolute no. His face was bright red as he looked down again. Pity shook my resolve. I was wondering if, well, if you might be planning to ask me. I paused for a moment, hating the wave of guilt that swept through me, but I saw from the corner of my eye Edward's head tilt reflexively in my direction. Mike, I think you should tell her yes, I said. Did you already ask someone? Did Edward notice how Mike's eyes flickered in his direction? No, I assured him. I'm not going to the dance at all. Why not? Mike demanded. I did not want to get into the safety hazards that dancing presented, so I quickly made new plans. I'm going to Seattle that Saturday, I explained. I needed to get out of town anyway. It was suddenly the perfect time to go. Can you go some other weekend? Sorry, no, I said. So you should not make Jess wait any longer. It's rude. Yeah, you're right, he mumbled and turned, dejected, to walk back to his seat. 
I closed my eyes and pressed my fingers to my temples, trying to push the guilt and sympathy out of my head. Mr. Banner began talking. I sighed and opened my eyes. And Edward was staring at me curiously, that same familiar edge of frustration, even more distinct now in his black eyes. I stared back, surprised, expecting him to look quickly away, but instead he continued to gaze with probing intensity into my eyes. There was no question of me looking away. My hands started to shake. Mr. Cullen, the teacher called, seeking the answer to a question that I had not heard. The Krebs cycle, Edward answered, seeming reluctant, as he turned to look at Mr. Banner. I looked down at my book as soon as his eyes released me, trying to find my place. Cowardly as ever, I shifted my hair over my right shoulder to hide my face. I could not believe the rush of emotion pulsing through me. Just because he had happened to look at me for the first time in a half dozen weeks, I could not allow him to have this level of influence over me. It was pathetic. More than pathetic, it was unhealthy. I tried very hard not to be aware of him for the rest of the hour. And since that was impossible, at least not to let him know that I was aware of him, when the bell rang at last, I turned my back to him to gather my things, expecting him to leave immediately as usual. Bella? His voice should not have been so familiar to me, as if I had known the sound of it all my life, rather than for just a few short weeks. I turned slowly, unwillingly. I did not want to feel what I knew I would feel, when I looked at his too perfect face. My expression was wary when I finally turned to him. His expression was unreadable. He did not say anything. What? Are you speaking to me again? I finally asked, an unintentional note of petulance in my voice. His lips twitched, fighting back a smile. No, not really, he admitted. I closed my eyes and inhaled slowly through my nose, aware that I was gritting my teeth. He waited. Then what do you want, Edward? I asked, keeping my eyes closed. It was easier to talk to him coherently that way. I'm sorry. He sounded sincere. I'm being very rude, I know. But it's better this way, really. I opened my eyes. His face was very serious. I don't know what you mean, I said, my voice guarded. It's better if we're not friends, he explained. Trust me. My eyes narrowed. I'd heard that before. It's too bad you didn't figure that out earlier. I hissed through my teeth. You could have saved yourself all this regret. Regret? The word and my tone obviously caught him off guard. Regret for what? For not just letting that stupid van squish me. He was astonished. He stared at me in disbelief. When he finally spoke, he almost sounded mad. You think I regret saving your life? I know you do. I snapped. You don't know anything. He was definitely mad. I turned my head sharply away from him, clenching my jaw against all the wild accusations I wanted to hurl at him. I gathered my books together, then stood and walked to the door. I meant to sweep dramatically out of the room, but of course, I caught the toe of my boot on the door jamb and dropped my books. I stood there for a moment, thinking about leaving them. Then I sighed and bent to pick them up. He was there. He had already stacked them into a pile. He handed them to me, his face hard. Thank you, I said icily. His eyes narrowed. You're welcome, he retorted. I straightened up swiftly, turned away from him again, and stalked off to Jim without looking back.
gym was brutal we had moved on to basketball my team never passed me the ball so that was good but i fell down a lot sometimes i took people with me today i was worse than usual because my head was so filled with edward i tried to concentrate on my feet but he kept creeping back into my thoughts just when i really needed my balance it was a relief as always to leave i almost ran to the truck there were just so many people i wanted to avoid the truck had suffered only minimal damage in the accident i had had to replace the tail lights and if i'd had a real paint job i would have touched that up tyler's parents had to sell their van for parts i almost had a stroke when i rounded the corner and saw a tall dark figure leaning against the side of my truck then i realized it was just eric i started walking again hey eric i called hi bella what's up i said as i was unlocking the door i was not paying attention to the uncomfortable edge in his voice so his next words took me by surprise uh i was just wondering if you would go to the spring dance with me his voice broke on the last word i thought it was girl's choice i said too startled to be diplomatic well yeah he admitted shamefaced i recovered my composure and tried to make my smile warm thank you for asking me but i'm going to be in seattle that day oh he said well maybe next time sure i agreed and then bit my lip i would not want him to take that too literally he slouched off back toward the school i heard a low chuckle edward was walking past the front of my truck looking straight forward his lips pressed together i yanked the door open and jumped inside slamming it loudly behind me i revved the engine deafeningly and reversed out into the aisle edward was in his car already two spaces down sliding out smoothly in front of me cutting me off he stopped there to wait for his family i could see the four of them walking this way but still by the cafeteria i considered taking out the rear of his shiny volvo but there were too many witnesses i looked in my rearview mirror a line was beginning to form directly behind me tyler crowley was in his recently acquired used sentra waving i was too aggravated to acknowledge him while i was sitting there looking everywhere but at the car in front of me i heard a knock on my passenger side window i looked over it was tyler i glanced back in my rearview mirror confused his car was still running the door left open i leaned across the cab to crank the window down it was stiff i got it halfway down then gave up i'm sorry tyler i'm stuck behind cullen i was annoyed obviously the hold up wasn't my fault oh i know i just wanted to ask you something while you're trapped here he grinned this could not be happening will you ask me to the spring dance he continued i'm not going to be in town tyler my voice sounded a little sharp i had to remember it was not his fault that mike and eric had already used up my quota of patience for the day yeah mike said that he admitted then why he shrugged i was hoping you were just letting him down easy okay it was completely his fault sorry tyler i said working to hide my irritation i really am going out of town that's cool we still have prom and before i could respond he was walking back to his car i could feel the shock on my face i looked forward to see alice rosalie emmet and jasper all sliding into the volvo in his rearview mirror edward's eyes were on me he was unquestionably shaking with laughter as if he had heard every word tyler had said my foot itched towards the gas pedal one little bump would not hurt any of them just that glossy silver paint job i revved the engine but they were all in and edward was speeding away 
I drove home slowly, carefully, muttering to myself the whole way. When I got home, I decided to make chicken anchiladas for dinner. It was a long process and it would keep me busy. While I was simmering the onions and chilies, the phone rang. I was almost afraid to answer it, but it might be Charlie or my mom. It was Jessica and she was jubilant. Mike had got her after school to accept her invitation. I celebrated with her briefly while I stirred. She had to go. She wanted to call Angela and Lauren to tell them. I suggested with casual innocence that maybe Angela, the shy girl who had biology with me, could ask Eric, and Lauren, a standoffish girl who had always ignored me at the lunch table, could ask Tyler. I had heard he was still available. Jess thought that was a great idea. Now that she was sure of Mike, she actually sounded sincere when she said she wished I would go to the dance. I gave her my Seattle excuse. After I hung up, I tried to concentrate on dinner, dicing the chickens especially. I did not want to take another trip to the emergency room, but my head was spinning, trying to analyze every word Edward had spoken today. What did he mean it was better if we weren't friends? My stomach twisted as I realized what he must have meant. He must see how absorbed I was by him. He must not want to lead me on. So we could not even be friends. Because he wasn't interested in me, in me at all. Of course he wasn't interested in me. I thought it angrily. My eyes stinging. A delayed reaction to the onions. I wasn't interesting. And he was. Interesting. And brilliant. And mysterious. And perfect. And beautiful. And possibly able to lift full-sized vans with one hand. Well, that was fine. I could leave him alone. I would leave him alone. I would get through my self-imposed sentence here in purgatory, and then hopefully some school in the southwest, or possibly Hawaii, would offer me a scholarship. I focused my thoughts on sunny beaches and palm trees as I finished the anchiladas and put them in the oven. Charlie seemed suspicious when he came home and smelled the green peppers. I could not blame him. The closest edible Mexican food was probably in Southern California. But he was a cop, even if just a small town cop, so he was brave enough to take the first bite. He seemed to like it. It was fun to watch as he slowly began trusting me in the kitchen. Dad? I asked when he was almost done. Yeah, Bella? Um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to Seattle for the day a week from Saturday, if that's okay. I did not want to ask permission. It set a bad precedent, but I felt rude. So I tagged it on the end. Why? He sounded surprised, as if he were unable to imagine something that folks could not offer. Well, I wanted to get a few books. The library here is pretty limited. And maybe look at some clothes. I had more money than I was used to having since, thanks to Charlie, I hadn't had to pay for a car. Not that the truck did not cost me quite a bit in the gas department. That truck probably doesn't get very good gas mileage, he said, echoing my thoughts. I know, I'll stop in Montesano and Olympia, and Tacoma if I have to. Are you going all by yourself? He asked, and I could not tell if he was suspicious I had a secret boyfriend or just worried about car trouble. Yes, Seattle is a big city. You could get lost, he fretted. Dad, Phoenix is five times the size of Seattle, and I can read a map. Don't worry about it. Do you want me to come with you? I tried to be crafty as I hid my horror. That's all right, Dad. I'll probably just be in dressing rooms all day. Very boring. Oh, okay. The thought of sitting in women's clothing stores for any period of time immediately put him off. Thanks, I smiled at him. Will you be back in time for the dance? Grr. Only in a town this small would a father know when the high school dances were. 
No, I don't dance, Dad. He of all people should understand that. I did not get my balance problems from my mother. He did understand. Oh, that's right, he realized. The next morning when I pulled into the parking lot, I deliberately parked as far as possible from the silver Volvo. I did not want to put myself in the path of too much temptation and end up owing him a new car. Getting out of the cab, I fumbled with my key and it fell into a puddle at my feet. As I bent to get it, a white hand flashed out and grabbed it before I could. I jerked upright. Edward Cullen was right next to me, leaning casually against my truck. How do you do that? I asked in amazed irritation. Do what? He held my key out as he spoke. As I reached for it, he dropped it into my palm. Appear out of thin air. Bella, it's not my fault if you are exceptionally unobservant. His voice was quite as usual, velvet, muted. I scowled at his perfect face. His eyes were light again today, a deep golden honey color. Then I had to look down to reassemble my now tangled thoughts. Why the traffic jam last night? I demanded, still looking away. I thought he was supposed to be pretending I don't exist, not irritating me to death. That was for Tyler's sake, not mine. I had to give him his chance. He snickered. You, I gasped. I could not think of a bad enough word. It felt like the heat of my anger should physically burn him, but he only seemed more amused. And I'm not pretending you don't exist, he continued. So you are trying to irritate me to death? Since Tyler's van didn't do the job? Anger flashed in his tawny eyes, his lips pressed into a hard line, all signs of humor gone. Bella, you are utterly absurd, he said, his low voice cold. My palms tingled. I wanted so badly to hit something. I was surprised at myself. I was usually a non-violent person. I turned my back and started to walk away. Wait, he called. I kept walking, sloshing angrily through the rain, but he was next to me, easily keeping pace. I'm sorry that was rude, he said as he walked. I ignored him. I'm not saying it isn't true, he continued, but it was rude to say it anyway. Why won't you leave me alone, I grumbled. I wanted to ask you something, but you sidetracked me, he chuckled. He seemed to have recovered his good humor. Do you have multiple personality disorder? I asked severely. You're doing it again, I sighed. Fine then, what do you want to ask? I was wondering if a week from Saturday, you know, the day of the spring dance. Are you trying to be funny? I interrupted him, reeling towards him. My face got drenched as I looked up at his expression. His eyes were wickedly amused. Will you please allow me to finish? I bit my lip and clasped my hands together, interlocking my fingers so I could not do anything rash. I heard you say you were going to Seattle that day, and I was wondering if you wanted a ride. That was unexpected. What? I wasn't sure what he was getting at. Do you want a ride to Seattle? With who? I asked, mystified. Myself, obviously. He enunciated every syllable, as if he were talking to someone mentally handicapped. I was still stunned. Why? Well, I was planning to go to Seattle in the next few weeks, and to be honest, I'm not sure if your truck can make it. My truck works just fine, thank you very much for your concern. I started to walk again, but I was too surprised to maintain the same level of anger. But can your truck make it there on one tank of gas? He matched my pace again. I don't see how that is any of your business, stupid shiny Volvo owner. The wasting of finite resources is everyone's business. Honestly, Edward, I felt a thrill go through me as I said his name and I hated it. I can't keep up with you. I thought you did not want to be my friend.
I said it would be better if we were not friends, not that I didn't want to be. Oh, thanks, now that's all cleared up. Heavy sarcasm. I realized I had stopped walking again. We were under the shelter of the cafeteria roof now, so I could more easily look at his face, which certainly did not help my clarity of thought. It would be more prudent for you not to be my friend, he explained. But I'm tired of trying to stay away from you, Bella. His eyes were gloriously intense as he uttered that last sentence, his voice smoldering. I could not remember how to breathe. Will you go with me to Seattle? He asked, still intense. I could not speak yet, so I just nodded. He smiled briefly and then his face became serious. You really should stay away from me, he warned. I'll see you in class. He turned abruptly and walked back the way we had come. Okay, so that was chapter 4. I hope you liked it. Do join me back tomorrow for chapter 5. Take care. Goodbye.